Welcome to It's All Fine and Dangy, where we talk about community, health, culture, and all of the big and little things that make life good. Here are your hosts, Dan and Angie. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 15. I still sound like Ms. Doubtfire. Uh, you sang it just like I normally do. Did I? You sang the word hello. <laughs> Well, welcome to our 15th episode. So today is our 4th of July special. We're so excited for the month of July because we've got the special episode today all about the 4th of July. And then starting next week, we're getting into local hotspots. The only thing I'm not sure about with next week is we're going to be on vacation. So that could just be a series of small little snippets that we post on Facebook Live. We haven't decided yet, but... This week, this month is all about local hotspots, and we've got some interviews lined up with some great guests, and we're going to be at some really cool places this month. So I'm getting all tongue-tied today. You are getting tongue-tied. No, it's late. And we have a really cool guest today. We so really do. stay tuned for the... What is it? Community call out. We're so I forgot. You can tell we're not <laughs> you doing. You always intro that one. That's I why I always forget. We're not doing this this and that chit chat over coffee this morning because we're recording this very late and there is no coffee <laughs> drinking this late. So we're not as sharp as we normally are. Oh, but that's but, okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's we've been we I I'm almost feel bad saying this because we always say it, but we've been very productive. Yes, um, we have, as is, as is most people. What if that's a sentence? I don't know. I, I don't know. That's <laughs> yeah, our most people. Yeah, it's true. Most people are. Um, I had a biology class today and my mind's like... Fried? Uh, yeah. Well, I still feel like I'm traveling. In the past couple of weeks, I've been traveling around. I just got back from San Diego and uh, we spent the weekend working on the house, which I know everyone's tiring of, but we did install the microwave and we still like each other. We do. We do so, still like each other. That's a feat after you install a microwave for the first time. You know what I really like, though? What? All of my new appliances. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, you know what? This is Angie and I came to this conclusion. The instructions that come with things like microwaves, oh, that once you figure out what they're trying to say and how ridiculously easy it is to install, you're like, the instructions made it so much harder. They so, really do. Yeah, that was that was a big part of the problem. But anyway, it's uh, it's been interesting past few days. San Diego was beautiful. It was all about work, though. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I got to um, house sit for the Vander Sandens yeah, sure this did. past weekend and watch all the puppies. I know. Doggies. It was very fun. <laughs> it, it looked fun. And uh, for everyone that watched us on Facebook Live, uh, where we did the Kindle giveaway, we... Got about three minutes into the Facebook Live, and I don't know why. I think it's it might have been the internet issues that uh, Spectrum was having, but the video froze, and of course it froze with me in the, like the worst possible face. But then the audio went on for another yeah. twenty minutes. But anyway, the uh, and during, I was on Facetime. Yes, and during that, Angie was telling us about all. Well, can you name again all the animals that you okay. listed there? Eight dogs, five cats, three birds, and a bearded dragon, and chickens. That's what I took care of. Wow. It was that, fun. That is a zoo. And I don't like dogs in the bed, but I let all four of them all one sleep in the bed with me. Oh, <laughs> It was sweet. quite fun. Yeah. That is sweet. I had a good time. And speaking of the Kindle giveaway, we wanted to congratulate our winners. Uh, Donna Marie Cantrell won the first prize. She won the Kindle and an audiobook code for my first novel, In the Dark, that uh, Kindle ships out tomorrow morning. Well, it'll be in her hands by now, but... Uh, Let's just say she's not in Florida, so that was kind of exciting to see that we've got that people listeners other places outside. And uh, second place was Sheila Chandler. She won an audio book of uh, In the Dark. And third place was Karen Owen. So uh, thank you guys for playing. That was really fun. And we did do the randomizer on Facebook Live, but I think the uh, video froze up. Anyway, but stay tuned because we have a lot of really cool giveaways coming up. We got a lot of stuff piling up in the in the giveaway box. We do. And I just want to start July with saying that in September, we have a really cool event coming up that we're going to help out with. And that's the Golden Warrior Festival. That's right. And we kind of ex- touched on that a little bit before, but something that we are going to be doing yep. is we are going to try to help Elena That's right. paint the town gold. Yes, and we start that this month. We do. We're I'm starting some 
trying to get some freebies, right? Getting right. people to kind of donate some stuff for this. So the idea is what we want to do is offer Popka businesses a huge gold ribbon that they can purchase and sport on the front door of their business. Yep. And, you know, maybe we'll make a little tag that says, you know, uh, cancer awareness or some whatever Elena yeah. wants to put on there. I got to touch base with her this week. Yeah, um, that's and, a great idea. And yeah. the thing about the tag that's nice is then it's like more officially supporting and I didn't just go buy a gold bow to make it look like I'm supporting. Exactly, exactly. So we'll probably do a little the purple and the gold on the little tag so that everybody knows they're supporting that actual event. The cause, yeah. Yes, so that is going to be something that we're working hard on and all through July and August and beginning of September until the actual event. Yep. Painting the town gold, try to hit every Apopka business. So yep. if you have an Apopka business and this is something you'd be interested in, please give us a shout. We'll provide the information at the end where you can leave us a voicemail or, you know, reach out to us on any of our social media. Yep. Or you can you can always email us at uh, feedback at com. But we'll give all the rest of the contact information. But yeah, that's something where you're going to hear us announcing at the beginning and the end of every episode this month and every month leading up to the actual event. Mm-hmm. Because we, the more, the more people that we can get involved, the more businesses we can get involved to just uh, to buy the bows, but also to potentially help with um, the sort of funding some of the stuff. We're going to be helping a little bit to fund it. We're going to have other people helping, but the more funding we can get to help pull everything together, or donations, or whatever, mm-hmm. will really help. And um, you know, the more the whole purpose of painting the town gold is. It raises awareness to childhood cancer, and the more it becomes a thing that the news is reporting on that people are noticing, awareness usually equals more money. More money usually equals more research. Research usually equals more cures, and that's the way that whole process works. So sometimes if you ever wonder, how is that helping to bring attention to it? That's how it helps. And I always tell people, you know, of course she's passionate about that because something is affecting her life. You know, in the serious manner. Of course. So think about if, you know, if there's nothing affecting you like that, how can you help other people who are going through difficult, you know, um, circumstances like this? Right. And the thing about cancer, I don't know the statistics, but every one of us knows somebody that has dealt with cancer Mm -hmm. or is dealing with cancer, whether you know it or not. It's it's just so many. And when you think about, to me, when you think about kids getting cancer, that's arguably the worst because, um, you know, it's, it's my, to my limited understanding of it, it's, it's almost never something that they've brought on themselves. You know, sometimes, not that it makes it any better, but adults, sometimes our lifestyles kind of contribute to yeah. the health problems we have when kids have, uh, are dealing with things like this. It's especially heartbreaking to me because it's, um, you know, they're, they're, they didn't ask for this. They're just, trying to deal with it and it seems to me that kids usually even though they're the the most innocent victims of cancer they also are the bravest at dealing with it oh yeah kids are very resilient as well so and they're fighters without even knowing they're fighters which is pretty amazing and 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 they can it's funny because what the kids are going through can inspire the adults around them to make changes oh, yeah. to be stronger. So where a parent or somebody might be falling apart, they're seeing their kid who's heroic right. and they, they kind of have to put that face on too. Yeah. So, well, that's the whole, so golden yeah. warriors, that's why golden they're called warriors. the golden warriors. There. That's right. So the event's going to be, uh, there's going to be a car and truck show. There'll be bounce houses. We'll get more and more details as we get closer. It's going to be a fun family event at Beefo Brady's and Apopka. And there's t-shirts that'll be for sale. We're going to post a link in the uh, show notes like we did in the last two uh, episodes. But, um, you know, if you come out and join us, it'd be great. Um, they're taking donations. All the proceeds to the whole thing, including the, being at Beefo Brady's, go towards the... Uh, the cancer research through uh, a foundation called Alex's Lemonade Stand. And uh, we'll be out there recording live with our little booth set up. So we hope to come, uh, help you come down and see us and maybe get on the show with us or whatever. Yeah, so, that'd be awesome. I really would. And I just want to let everybody know too, I think we talked about it. We are going to set some type of little donation thing up at the VIP cabana that we will be having at Wakaiva Island That's right. on July 14th. Yep. We would love for everybody to 
come come out, enjoy your Sunday, yep. and stop by our tent and say hello. We'll be at the which one are we at? The Otter. Oh, you know, I should probably figure that out, but it's the one. Yeah, we'll it, announce it next week. Yeah, it's the one that faces the uh, the where the uh, kayaks and canoes come in. It's got yeah. a little sandy spot, but it's kind of away from how busy the whole front of the place is. But yeah, we'll find that out, and then I'll put it on there. But um, yeah, Bill and Mary Weinog are awesome, and we're gonna we're gonna have Mary on the show a little later as well, a little later in the month, not this episode. Yeah. <laughs> so that's anyway, it. that's it for me for chit and chat. Yeah, that's that's it pretty for much you. it for me. So stand by. We'll be right back with a guest that's very relevant as it relates to the 4th of July. So we'll see you in just a minute. Hi, this is Steve Altier, author of the Lizardville Ghost Story series. And you're listening to It's All Fine and Dangy. Hey guys, welcome back. And now it's time for our community call out. And today we have an especially explosive guest, or I guess I should say explosive interview because that makes him sound angry and he's not angry, but he travels the world doing pyrotechnics and special effects. That's right. You can get paid to blow stuff up. He is the perfect guest for our 4th of July special. He's also my little brother. Please welcome Jeremy Fox. How are you? Doing great. Yeah. yeah. So we got it's nice cool, to be here. We got some cool questions for you it's, today. It's nice to be here in your house. Yes. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> I've been out of town for quite some time, so it is nice to be here. When I talk to Mindy about getting together, I'm like, do we get you guys just to ourselves? Because usually that's not how right. it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, normally when I'm home, you know, there's, yeah. a, there's a small crowd. Everybody's got to come over oh, yeah. and see him when he's, when he's off the road. So for our audience, we already know who you are. And what you do, and a little bit about you, but let us know a little bit about you. Uh, I grew up in Apopka. There's two of us left. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never moving. I love it. But started out as a really young kid, just uh, always loved fire. We grew up a little bit in the country. I don't know if you know much about it. I remember as a kid, and you know, I'm, I'm what, eight years older than you? Yep. I remember hearing something explode and feeling the ground thump and thinking, that's it. He's going to have less than 10 fingers now. <laughs> <laughs> Sincerely, I remember thinking that. So you said when you were younger, you were interested in fire. I was fire. always interested in fire. Oh, anything that burned uh, was always, you know. Yeah. Did you want to be a fireman or anything like that? No, or was it more just you wanted to do you wanted to do the damage? Yeah, part? putting them out never really was my thing. <laughs> That's not what you to do. Uh, I think now that I'm thinking about it, my uh, I would have to say that my uncle Doug would probably be a lot of influence in the way that I always liked fire as a kid. Okay. Not necessarily fireworks, but fire. Bonfire, stuff oh, like yeah. that. Yeah, okay. bonfire. And, yeah. Actually, I think the first fireworks that I ever built as a kid, as a really young kid, was uh, some powder that I think I found in Uncle Doug's shed. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. So when you did stuff like that back then, since you said it was such a long time ago, yeah. how do you find out the information on how to do that? Were you just well, kind of being creative? or uh, This is before the internet was yeah. really available for anyone. So sure, yeah. none of this information was out there. Um, there was a couple of books that you could get a hold of that would actually give basic chemical formulas on what would create what, like a red fire or wow. how to make green or how to make blue. Wow. So. Um, yeah, you could go to the library. You could find all kinds of information out about you and know, that's chemistry you, is really, yeah, it's just yeah, all, all basic true. organic chemistry. That is true. Is that how you found out about it from like the library or word of uh, mouth? No, or? I actually ended up getting a book um, from a family friend nice. that uh, was into manufacturing fireworks as a hobby. Oh, right. And uh, it had some basic formulas in it. And I've always been the type person or I've had the personality of, you know, why does it work? And oh, why, yes. why is it red? And how could uh, it be better? Jeremy's like eight, eight years younger than me, I yep, think. Eight. But when, so that's a big difference when you're kids. He was like a little it kid is, when yeah. I was a teenager. But I remember he was so smart. He would take like a hairdryer apart, take it apart completely. And then I don't know what he did to it, but I specifically remember you making music come out of like a motor and a hairdryer. What the heck? Just, you know, <laughs> Well, a electric motor is pretty much the same exact components as a speaker. You have a coil and you have oh, magnets. So yeah. an electric motor will play music if you hook it to that a, is a cool. stereo. I just, I just remember it. This is just so next level the, yeah. into the way I think. So I just remember thinking, wow. There was yeah. always little screws and parts and things all over the bedroom. Yeah. It was like stepping on Legos, but they weren't it, Legos it really on the was. carpet. There were reverse step stones in our room. No kidding. Uh, between all the little parts, there would be little clear circles of carpet so you could make it to the bed, to the dresser. So I wonder how young that started 
Were you the type of kid who, when you got a toy, did you take it apart to see how it's working? Yeah, how how the noise coming out? I remember my mom telling a story about me taking my high chair apart. And I do vividly remember as a very small that, kid that taking all the so cabinet not, doors off of the kitchen cabinet. So not surprising. So not surprising. You were not left alone ever. No. Like, that was a screwdriver. Like, no. We got to keep him quarantined in a certain rooms because he's going to take stuff apart. But you know, he, he never, but the funny thing is, you know, he never, not that we're promoting kids to go do this stuff. It just depends on the kid, depends on the parents, depends on where you grow up and how you're wired. But he ne- there was never like an accident. Nothing ever happened bad. He was just curious. and uh, uh, Yeah, I mean, everybody has a different way of learning. Mine was more of a hands-on thing. And, sure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once you learn basic, it's like saying, you know, how do you change the oil in a Ford F-150? No well, idea. If you've, done, if you've changed the oil in a Chevy, <laughs> you could probably do it in a Ford. The point is, is that, you know, once you learn a basic skill, no matter how advanced you are in that skill, you can relate it to other experiences so you know as far as safety you kind of use the same safety if you were going to shoot a gun or if you were going to shoot a firework yeah. you know it's so you're building both of them could kill you both right. you know so it's you take safety precautions oh, on of course what you're doing so it's you just have a respect for it yep. um i like to tell guys that i work with in the industry especially when they're new is you know having a fear of fireworks and you working with it is not a good idea not a good mix but, but being respectful and having an utmost respect for That's it it's different because mm-hmm. when you lose respect it'll bite you plus when i feel yeah. like when you have fear of anything you don't do very good at it you right. get anxiety and that's when mistakes are made yeah so you so you sort of had this built-in inherent sort of um it's just the way you're wired to learn how to do it and to be respectful of it and everything else but as you got further into it and it started becoming something that was a potential career for you what do you have to do to get like certified is there a you have to go to take a course somewhere is it difficult it's it's really interesting uh it's interesting because of the fact that depending on what you're doing fireworks and special effects are such a broad um spectrum there's so many different things you could do everything from like a propane fire to you know loud explosions to big aerial outdoor fireworks displays like you would see on the fourth of july are there specialists that do each one of those there is there is Uh, i mean i'm kind of well-rounded in a lot of it because i wanted to see what i really liked the most of course um and then there's depending on if you're doing as a hobby or if you want to do it as a a part-time thing, which I did for many years. You know, you do your Fourth of July shows, New Year's, maybe at a wedding or something like that. Right. Sporting events. But if you were doing it full time as a living, that's how I got into touring. Is because touring you can pretty much do it year round, and it doesn't have to be your outdoor fireworks display. It could be a pyrotechnics on the stage. Oh yeah, lots so, of variety. Yeah. Right. But there's a big difference of fireworks. You know, there's pretty much three different categories. There's stage fireworks, right? Which are you know more for a close proximate audience. You really know what it's going to do when you use it. Exactly how high it's going to go, how far away it needs to be from a crowd or audience, um, sure, or performers. And then, you know, people look at fireworks as one big general thing, but then you have the outdoor display, like you would have, like, the ones you would go to on 4th of July, Mm -hmm. Disney. Is it like, okay. And, you know, those have a total different, you know, regulations than, than the stage fireworks even. Both of them require a license to purchase them. But when you get into consumer fireworks, like if you were to go to a fireworks stand, like, which most people do for like their 4th of July. Sure. There is no license for those fireworks. Well, they're you know not what? they're not regulated at all by the ATF. The DOT has some regulations, but only in commerce, not for a personal. Yeah. Also, those ones that you get from like the kiosks and little things, they're uh, they're not nearly as powerful as those big ones that you're doing like at Disney and those stage displays and such, right? That's correct. As far as um, for a large aerial display, they're definitely not as powerful. I mean, it's always you really should use extreme caution with them. I mean, you definitely want to make sure that they're mounted flat and they, they don't right. tip over. That's a lot of the issues. You know, I've seen so many times at a 4th of July show where, you know, uh, the cakes, they're not supported and they'll, you know, multi-shot yeah. repeater. What's a cake? It's a multi-shot device yep. that instead of, you know, just lighting one fuse and one piece shoots, it'll repeat itself. Oh, is it those round, those big round? It can round? be round or, oh. or, or oh. square. Oh, okay. Um, That's the term cake. Box. Yeah, a cake. It looks like a cake then. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I gotcha. It's a multi-shot repeater is actually what it would be. You I know, gotcha. You wanna, but a cake in the terms is what we call them. But, you know, 
I've seen them tip over so many times, and there's no stopping it once it starts. No, I've it's seen those YouTube go, videos. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I've seen it up hand. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I learned that how to uh, glue them down or whatever because yeah. I've, I've had them tip over. Sure. Yeah. You started doing firework displays probably very young, so you probably became the go-to person in the family to um, do these little cool displays. But what was your first official gig as far as an actual maybe for hire or just a big event that you did. Well, the yeah. the way that it used to work, I'm actually not exactly sure how it works these days because there's definitely they've changed some rules. Um, to be on an actual display, you have to be on somebody's license at least as a responsible person. Gotcha. So there's some paperwork involved, some fingerprinting, things like that. Mm. Um, the ATF has to do a background check on you. Oh wow! So. Years ago, when I started doing displays, that wasn't required at that point. Um, so I did I did quite a few shows for free, just trying to get the experience. Yeah. So, I mean, I think my first show was Clearwater Beach on, it was either 4th of July or New Year's, I want to say. It was, I think it was 4th of July. Cool. And so I had the opportunity to go out there and, and help load the show and, you know, I, the guy bought me lunch. I drove oh, all the way out there. And, you know, it's a <laughs> about a about an eighteen though. hour day by the time yeah. I yeah. left and got back, you know, but it I got a lot of experience. Yeah. So the next time that I had a show, I had a little bit of experience. So yeah. you know, that's yeah, you how you do it. You get your, your foot belt. in the door and, and you don't there's no school or anything you can go to to learn it. So you really on the job training is really the only way. And that's it, it's definitely a, a difficult industry to get into. Mm-hmm. Um is it's, it is it so it's not so much just going and getting a certification you actually there, need some experience there actually is there is no college or anything you can go to or a votech to learn pyrotechnics it is there a, exist. is there a degree or anything like when you show up to say hey i'm here i want to apply for the pyro job or the special effects job you can't provide some sort of certificate that says i look i'm qualified to do this it, it depends, again, like I was saying earlier, when you divide fireworks into three different categories, there's the consumer, there's the stage fireworks where you have a performer oh, okay. on stage mm-hmm. versus your outdoor display. Right. So the consumer fireworks, if you're just in your backyard shooting it, obviously you don't need any certification and there isn't any. Of course. Um, when it comes to doing outdoor display fireworks, which are like your 4th of July big shows you go to like in your city or your mm-hmm. town. Yep. Um, that type of fireworks display requires uh, federal licensing. Um, to, be ser- to, to be able to be able to more serious, to, yeah. To handle the explosives, you have to be, you know, federally licensed, mm-hmm. or on somebody else's federal license. You can't purchase them without a license. They're very strict on you know the storage requirements, the shipping requirements. Yeah. There's a lot involved, a lot of moving pieces in being legal right. with uh, display fireworks. So. To answer your question about schooling, no, there isn't any in licensing. Wow, there's not one uh, for. This is one big general one. Sure. For instance, here in the state of Florida, they do not require a license to shoot a fireworks show. Mm. This a state license. There's no state one. Okay. But federally, to purchase the fireworks, you yeah. have to have a a user license or a uh, manufacturer or user of explosives by the ATF. So, on a state level. As far as licensing, there isn't one in the state of Florida. A lot of states don't require one. Right. Um, however, that doesn't mean that you can just go do the fireworks show. Right. You're going to still have to have a permit. You're going to have from your local state or your fire marshal, sure. either local or state. He's right. going to come and inspect. Right. He's going to make sure that you have the proper precautions, the safety distances, which they're put in there for. The, there's regulations on distances to audience right. for a display. Sure. Which is 70 foot per inch which I still like to follow that one, which a lot of people don't know about, the inch in diameter of the firework. Oh, 70 foot firework, per inch, okay. Um, to the closest person. So wow. I prefer 100 because you don't know about wind. You know, wind can change last minute. You can say it can be blowing to the north all, all day long and sure. then everybody's to the south and it swaps right at the last minute. Oh, yes. Things are unpredictable. you got to take into account for that. I think we've so, all been to fireworks shows too where it feels like things are falling close raining by. Raining all yeah. over you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's scary. Yeah, yeah that's, I agree. That's what I'm always afraid and, of. Yeah. So, the, I mean, the 70 foot per inch is really, it's set up for a, for the display fireworks, for, you know, large aerial fireworks that could do a lot of damage. Yeah. Um, 
I still, you know, I think that anyone, no matter if it's consumer fireworks or not, 100 foot per inch is definitely a, a good recommendation. Sure. Um, it won't stop it if it goes sideways from getting to you. No. But if it were to, you know, the whole piece blow up, it, a lot of times it's far enough to keep it away yeah. from everyone. Well, it's good to know that they do have some requirements and right. that you do have the fire marshal well, coming out and, you know, kind of inspect. inspecting and, and stuff. Yeah. And like what, you know, what I do currently is a lot of stage fireworks. Yeah. So with stage fireworks, the same thing, uh, Florida doesn't require a license, but again, you're not going to do a stage fireworks show without some sort of license in another state. Yeah. Uh, to get the, you're going to have to have the insurance policy. Of course, you can't, you know, I get where you're going. Things. You can't just so you have go to buy. be a real business. You're not just going to be an individual that's just going to pull some permit to do some big right. kiss show. It. It's just not going to Yeah, because uh, nobody's going to hire someone like that to come do a show because they're responsible right. for this event. Right. And all the people that will the, be at the, right. the or, event. So yeah. right. they would be held responsible exactly. of something. You so know. There's, a, there's, a, there's a lot involved with liability and yeah. So, so you're kind of getting, you're kind of rolling into this anyway. You talked about some of the safety precautions, like the 75 feet per inch or, or, sorry, 70, the hundred that you recommend. Um, I know you've done some high profile shows and we'll get into that, but, um, can you tell us what's, I mean, are there other safety precautions beyond the 75 foot? Is there for, for different types of special effects or fireworks or whatever the layman would call it. I mean, are there, surely there's more than just, it's got to be 75, 100 feet away. Well, it depends on the device. Right. Um, you know, a, a fire marshal is going to go off of his code book, which is sure. going to tell him, you know, 70 foot per inch for an outdoor display of fireworks. When you're, when we're talking, what I do a lot of times like stage indoor pyro is it's only 15 feet. Yeah. Now there's pieces that I could shoot. 15 feet away from an audience that are way bigger than some of the stuff that you could buy even as a consumer. However, I would, I don't recommend it. It's kind of up to your discretion, even though the rule says that it's 15 feet because it's the fireworks are built for a close proximate audience. Right. It so they still don't have a large a very spray big pattern piece. kind of thing. No, they're just, they, they are held to a very tight standard. And if it says that it goes at 225 feet, it doesn't go to 75. It goes two twenty five, maybe two thirty or two hundred. So if I'm shooting indoors, I can shoot. You know, let's say I do a lot of stage pyro. Say my my truss height or the the top of the stage is at forty five feet. I wouldn't want to shoot a forty five foot piece of product because it could hit the roof still. Sure, but thirty foot. That's perfect. Because you, you know, know you it's going to go right, and it's going to go 30 yeah. feet. So it's, what about like when you do, you know, I've seen shows where flames are coming up and the stage, you know, and the, the musician walks away where the flames are and then they come back in that area. I, I mean, I'm sure you've got precautions that way too. Like the artist has to be a certain spot or there is it, is it sort of choreographed that, that much or not it's really? It's choreographed pretty well. Normally uh, the current tour that I'm on right now, we have a lot of flames um, and the artist He's all over the car. It's, we have a car that we actually burn. We have 14 propane burn bars on a, an old Cadillac. Wow. That's all cool. the windows are out. It's all gutted. But the audience, to them, it just looks like an old beat-up Cadillac. But the, our artist gets on the on the hood and the roof and the trunk wow. and everything. It's on fire at different points. He's He jumps off. It lights the second he hops off. But that there's a lot cool. of safety precaution that we yeah. have to do. And you know, we use a, a, a visual, an extra spotter, which has a direct... Uh, you know, direct com that he's talking directly to the shooter. Or oh, okay. Vice versa. And, uh, okay. That's what I meant. So he's, you, he's yelling, okay, you're clear. Yeah. And, and, you know, if he's not, then it stays disarmed. And yeah. so it's, you really, you know, you have to stay on your toes with of those. Course. A lot of the stage pyro, we use a lot of flames, uh, flames, they kind of fall under a different category than pyro technically, as far as their rules are slightly different. Um, because they don't have fallout, you know, yeah. like you have mm-hmm. fire and you have the heat, um, but you don't have pieces of debris that yeah. come down burning and things Once like that. Once it's off, so. it's done. Yeah. Right? It's gone. Yeah. Um, so what about like outdoor venues where there's fireworks seem to go off to music and stuff? Is that all run by computer? Yep. Um, back originally, um, the way that it was done was, was actually done with what they called a pin board. And it was when it went into electronic firing. Originally, fireworks were always hand fired. And there was really no way that you could get anywhere. What does that near. mean by hand fired? It, a lot of times that people would use like a road flare and you would walk, they would walk what? around with a fire suit on and they would light, wow. you would set your show up in pods where it was safe. You had to egress to get out. Right. And then you would kind of pre-plan on what, 
what you were going to light first and second. So when you lit something, you could turn and go the other way and light something away from you. You know, oh, kind of keep the show going. Yeah, holy. There's not a lot of hand lit shows anymore. Yeah, I mean, that obviously seems like a lot more work. <laughs> and it's it's a, <laughs> seems more dangerous. Definitely yeah, a more lot dangerous. more dangerous. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. So nowadays everything is done with electronic fired. So what they have, they have an electronic igniter that actually goes in the device, and there's zero delay. Yeah. When you hit the fire button, it goes now. That's how so they, that's, cool. that's probably yeah. how they get what you tell us. You know, sometimes fireworks displays are spot on the music. So a lot, of, I mean, there's a lot that is involved in that because there's a launch time and break time. Sure. So you have to know the launch to break time. So if you're shooting, say, a six inch aerial shell, a oh, lot of I times get it. it's like 3.2 seconds roughly. Uh, so you got to launch it 3.2 seconds, seconds before the beat. Before it needed to go. Right. Exactly. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a lot um, that you, to dial it in like Disney does, um, it's to the T. Yeah, I mean, it we're is. talking to the frame. Right. Where they video their shows every night and they keep them 30 frames per second and the shells break on the frame. Wow. So that's, that's cool to from, go back and look yep. at too. And to if it's off it's slightly, they'll, everything is perfectly it. adjusted. It's, yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it doesn't get any, uh, any better than the way that they do it. They use top of the line firing systems and sure. because they do the same show every night, they have the capability to tweak it. Perfect. Where, yeah. You know, if you're doing a Fourth of July show, it's a one off. Of course, yeah. Maybe, once a year. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and no I, one's going to know if it if it was a yeah. red shell or an orange one. It, well, at Disney, it would make a huge difference. Well, we just right. talked about videoing um, fireworks, which yeah. is hilarious. Well, that's when you would watch them because I made a joke about how no matter how much you love fireworks, everybody films them, nobody watches them unless you work in the industry. <laughs> exactly. The guy that's filming them with his kids doesn't break out. Who wants to watch? Watch fireworks from last year. No, we want to go watch them live. It's exactly. one of those things like a yeah. rainbow. Yeah. The feel yeah. of it, you can, right? It's, yeah, it's, it's experience. Yeah. It's not but watching course, a film. Yeah. But of course, hearing that Disney gets it to perfection doesn't surprise no, me. I'm, we've established I'm a big Disney nerd. I feel like they do that with everything. But that's cool to hear that they're such perfectionists with their show. Yeah, I worked there for five years. Actually, I worked on the Magic Kingdom fireworks show. Yeah. Wishes, and uh, yes, you did. Yep, yeah, it was. Uh, it was definitely a good experience. Yeah. I learned a lot there. I, mean, I think that's a great thing to have oh, underneath I do too. your belt, too. I mean, there's yeah. another thing I you can say that you've done. years of experience of fireworks previous to working yeah. there, but it's a lot different when you do it every day. You yeah. learn... You learn things about even the firing system that you would never you would never run out across those problems because when you're doing 200 shows a year, you know I I probably yeah. shot 200 shows a year when I worked wow. there. Wow! Where you're not going to 200 shows if you did a Fourth of July and a New Year's. I mean, how many years is that? A lifetime, take? Yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, so. that's true. So you basically get a lifetime worth of, of pyro or firework experience from just working there for a year. For, exactly. yeah, yeah, short amount yeah. of time. Yeah. And you probably appreciated how. Um, meticulous they were yeah. in getting yep. it right because you're you yeah, know, they wanting their, to perfect they hold their your craft vendors really. to really high standards which yeah. is good I mean, so I heard be. a rumor do they really have their colors patented not that I'm aware of right. there is some man, there is one that would have been so cool yeah. there's one manufacturer yeah. that I'm aware of um, that has patented fireworks formulas Okay. Um, most of the time, it's a trade secret. Nobody right. wants to tell you your recipe, for instance. Yeah. It's like baking a cake. You know, yeah. oh, mine's better. It has a little bit of, yeah. you know, I'll whatever. I'll tell you what 10 of the things are, but there's exactly. a special something in there that I'm not right. going to tell oh, you what I get it, it is. It. I and, get yeah. it. and with fireworks, it's it's a, I like to refer it a lot like cooking. It's I can tell you what ingredients are in it, but it's the, the amount of each ingredient, when you put each, each ingredient in, yeah. it, it, there's a big, yeah. you know, the purity of the ingredient could be sure. a huge thing. So yeah. it's a little bit of a creative process. When you're not trying to duplicate the same show every night, like Disney, right. it gets more creative, I would assume, Definitely. within reason. Yeah. Yes, it does. Yeah. That's awesome. That's cool. All right. So you're home for a couple of weeks. And then you're back on tour again, and you've you've been on tour with some pretty cool um, groups, doing pyro and some of the different things on the stage. Because right. I don't want to just say pyro, because we're talking about some different things. What are some of the bands you've toured with, and then also maybe what are some of the favorite parts of the show you've done? Like, is it the fireworks? Is it the flame so work? It's, it's neat. It's interesting that you asked that. So. You know, currently I'm a freelancer. I work for a couple different companies. Um, one of the companies that I work for, I do most of my work, the Super Bowls. We do wrestling, wrestling you know. Wow, that's uh, impressive. All, all, I've done the mm -hmm. past three Super Bowls. I know, that's very impressive. But it, um, 
our, we're an effects company. So mm-hmm. the company itself, we do lasers, we do fog, we do flames, oh. pyrotechnics. Well, yeah, you think of a, anything a concert, that you, all that's confetti, there. Confetti, all of it. You, you name it. You know, we'll do, we do bubbles. I mean, you name it. Whatever it is for, oh, wow. for a special effect, yeah. our company does it. So um, I'm definitely a pyrotechnics guy. So my background is fireworks. I, I do flames. Um, I know how to do cryogenics and how to do confetti and how to do these things. But it's not where my passion's at. Mm-hmm. But occasionally you have to do that while you're out on tour. Yeah, of course. Um, and the thing is, you know, I do spend a lot of time away from home. And, and I'm going to do what I'm passionate about, what I love to try to offset the reason why I'm not at home. So That's I, true. Yeah. You know, I don't want to do a job I don't like. I'm, I love what I do. Yeah. You know, it makes and sense. It has to, you have to love what you do to sacrifice time away from your family. Yeah. 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 So what, what is cryogenics? Balance. I got to know. Yeah. Okay. So cryogenics are basically it's like carbon dioxide that's in like in the bubbles in your soda. Right. So a regular CO2 tank like that would carbonate a soda. Right. If you, if you just have the regular tank and you were to let the gas out of the tank, right. The tank is full of liquid, but the liquid is turning to gas when you, it's, it's boiling. Technically it's boiling. That's what it means to go from liquid to gas. Sure. Mm -hmm. So, it comes out at about negative 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Right. It's so cold. Yeah. It's, and um, if you, there's a special kind of tank that they call a dip tube tank. Right. So instead of having the vapor come out, there's a tube that goes all the way to the bottom of the big tank. And when you open it up, liquid CO2 comes out. Hmm. And then it has to turn from liquid CO2 back into a gas. So when you shoot it through a jet, we call it cryo. Right. And it makes like a white dissipating cloud or a fog that dissipates really fast. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of times uh, DJs use it a lot. Um, it's a quick burst, normally a little bit of a loud you know, sound when it comes yeah, out. Sure. But it, yeah. uh, That's neat. You can, so, you can completely white out a stage, with, but it dissipates almost instantly. Oh, that's so unlike traditional fog right. that, that sort of lingers for a while. It's, it's it, instant. That's right. very yeah. cool. Yeah. I'm glad I asked. Yeah. yeah. So I just have a, a quick side question. So with touring with the different groups you have, um, do you ever get any input as far as what you think should they should do on the stage? Or is that something that they've kind of put together, they I mean, have an idea of it, and they hire your company to put the effects together? Do you guys have any input as far as what a you good question. think yes. they should do um, on the stage? So a lot of times... Um, who, if for a concert anyway, there is a designer and the designer has a vision, but the, the, his vision is he's the designer that's doing the lighting. He's doing the stage design. He's doing, uh, the way the video looks, mm-hmm. all of it, but he's not the one actually doing it all. He has yeah. an idea or a vision and the artist will give him input on how he likes things done or what they're looking at. And then they'll come to a company like ours and ask us if we can create what his vision was. However, a lot of times they don't know the effects very well. So we will either do a 3D render mm-hmm. of exactly what they're looking for, or either we'll do a short demo and actually show them some devices or video of a different show that we did that had something similar that they liked. Yeah. And then it goes through a rehearsal process and they decide if they like it, if they want to keep it, you know, everybody's comfortable with it. If it's really close to an artist, there's definitely a lot of rehearsals to make sure that the artist doesn't flinch and stop yeah. singing halfway mm-hmm. through his song when something happens. Yeah. Right. It's like how an architect can build this magnificent right. home, but yeah. the plumber says, no, that can't be done. We have to do it like right. this. So For it's instance, kind like of the that. Super Bowl. There's one main designer that's, it's got the, they, they hired to do this big, you know, it's a big art piece for the most part. Yeah, right. it really is. And, They'll give you ideas and we'll do 3D renders and software that will actually not only have the music with it, but it'll actually show, like you were talking about with aerial fireworks, it'll do a launch time break. It'll actually show a 3D render of the firework on an actual picture or a video of the actual environment that you're in. That's yeah. cool. You that's would, so that's all three. Like that. <laughs> that's now my speed. That, so that's like augmented reality. So exactly. they're doing they're yep. doing they're putting the 3D image on top of the real the exactly. image. That's yep. very cool. And so it, and it looks really it's expensive, but when you're talking, yeah, yeah, you know, of course. Super Bowl, they can you know, they can afford, afford it. it. Yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. I'm glad you asked that. Well, you don't have the time to, with a Super Bowl or big events like that. You don't have the time to do major rehearsals. Yeah. yeah. You do rehearsals, but you already have the product there that you already agreed on by you by then. Of I course. Think, right. Well, so speaking of uh, Super Bowl, what are some of the music acts that you've traveled with? 
Just name uh, a few. A few. Um, last year, I was out with Roger Waters from nice. Pink Floyd. Very um, nice. I've toured with Coldplay, um, Drake. Wow. Uh, Lil Wayne. Nice. Uh, Jason Aldean. Wow. Luke Bryan. Halsey. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, the list goes list. on. That is a big list. Who, All right. So who which, is now? I'm out with 21 Pilots right now. Yeah. All right. So who, right. who is the coolest? <laughs> oh, man, you don't have I to don't tell know. us who the coolest it, was. Just tell this us one of your re- one, one really of, corny. Yeah. Okay. But I would say Donnie Wahlberg from New Kids on the Block is really? pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, that's I, uh, awesome. <laughs> it's crazy as okay. that is. Who was the coolest? But what was the coolest <laughs> show that you did as far as your display? You know. That's a hard one. Are because, they all like dramatically different? Yeah, they are completely. Well, which one I would did say you enjoy th- the most? No, uh, yeah, that's a fair see, question. It's too see, hard to for me, him. He enjoyed a, them all. That's a very hard one. It really is because each each show has its own element about it's it. It's like you're an really artist. Right. So, and, and I hate to say it, but you know when you when I leave one tour and go to another one, my whole mindset is now in that one. You kind of yeah. have to put that one behind. Yeah, you. so and it's yeah. so it's kind of you know I try to do the best I can do at every show that I'm at. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I was that was a loaded question too, asking right. you who was the coolest. I wouldn't expect yeah. you to say, but that's cool. Yeah. That's a very cool list of people to have traveled with. Yeah. Do you ever get to meet any of them? Yeah, yeah. A lot of times you, it's a working relationship. Sure. I mean, you when you work close with an artist. You know, you're not going to go hang out and have pizza and a beer with him afterward. Of course, but you're going to talk to him daily to make sure that he's safe and that he's happy with what you're doing. Yeah, and yeah. something needs to be changed. That's what I mean. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's yeah, because yeah. You, I mean, you're making them look good, right? Yeah, and so they got you know you want to make sure that communication is there. Definitely, you, you guys are part of, and I'm doing the quotes, well, the it, crew. Right. To to me, <laughs> it's not about. It's mainly about safety. With, yeah. You know, with, with, when, if I talk to an artist, it has to do with safety. That's yeah. what you're focused on. Right. That's yeah. smart, though. That's great. I mean, so We don't get a second chance. If you burn the artist, everybody goes home. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. So, That's you know, true. And then you're the guy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the guy so, that did it. <laughs> what's the biggest fireworks display you've ever done? Uh, 2014 New Year's in Dubai was the Dubai World Record. It was a, At that time, it was the largest fireworks show ever shot. Ever in the history of the Every world? Ever in the history of the world. Wow. Yeah. And actually, it was a lot bigger. So uh, I'm trying to think of the number. 500 and something thousand pieces of fireworks that were shot. In wow. wow. How many yeah. How many um, people did they have doing that? Like, About 300. 300 like guys army. doing that. Wow. For, some guys were on that project for five to six months. I was there for holy, three months. Holy moly. Yep. That is that's cool. cool. That is cool. I remember seeing I think the, the actual that. that record at that point was it might if I don't want to get it wrong. So, I think it was 469,551, I believe was the Guinness World Record. That, on that is show. that really the number? That's really the number. The Guinness because guys. If you remember that, you're the <laughs> rain man. Dude. Well, well we, I remember numbers. <laughs> Holy smokes. But when um when we were done with that fireworks show, we actually had to walk away from it. We were allowed to grab our firing system, and then there was a group of guys for the next three days that went by with, uh, I believe it maybe even more than three days, from uh, the Guinness Book guys. And right. they went around and made sure, and they counted all of our misfires, the pieces that did not fire. Oh, that's if you're so going to be in the list. it wasn't just the ones that you oh, loaded. It was wow. the ones that fired. Well, they're very serious yep. about the Guinness Book of World Records, yeah. making yep. sure you're, it's legit. So it's been beaten since then. I don't know what the current record is. Yeah. But, uh, previous to that, I think the record was 70,000. I think I saw that on television. Didn't they air that? I believe they did. Yeah. The largest fireworks yeah. display, or was it online or something? Yeah, it was it definitely was, online. It was online. Yeah. 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 I thought, I thought I'd seen that. Yeah. So your family's happy to have you back in town. You're here for a little bit. Yep. You guys doing anything fun for the 4th, or are you yeah, doing I'm, some work? I'm coming down for 14 <laughs> days off of tour, and yes, I'm shooting a 4th of July show. <laughs> oh, there's the passion right there. But guess what? You're yeah. you're going to have fun doing it, yeah, we'll and everybody's in, uh, going with you, so hey. Lake Jackson uh, in Sebring, Florida. We're doing Very a nice. city show there. Yeah. yeah, you do that every year normally when you can? Um, or I, uh, The guy that I work with through there, he does it every year. He's been doing it for I don't even know how long. I mean, way longer than I've been doing fireworks. Yeah. His family's been shooting that show. Okay, cool. So, um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a nice show. Yeah. Good show to be a part of. And and the family's gone with you, that's, right? That's correct. Okay, yeah. I can do, say do their you, names, right? Yeah. Do you find, <laughs> of course, do you find that that's a like a relaxing thing to kind of go do with the family, and you're not under as much pressure when you're going to do it for fun? Maybe not this one, but just in general, when you're going to do it for fun. Yeah, I mean, I always do it for fun. That's that's the oh, thing. Oh, that's, that's a great answer. My, my my job is fun. That's I, a great I, answer. I do it for fun. That's a wrap. 
That's a great answer. Yeah, that's, a, that's it. That's how, that's how we end the show. Really? Well, is. yeah. In, in, anybody that you want to, you know, kind of give a shout out to or any organizations that you're involved with as far as um, fire pyrotechnics. There is. I mean, uh, just call I mean, them there, fireworks. There is some clubs, actually. I mean, it's neat that you asked that. There's uh, the biggest club in the entire world is called PGI. It's a Pyrotechnics Guild International. And uh, I think it's PGI.org. They are a huge fireworks club, and it's everything from people that want to learn how to manufacture fireworks mm-hmm. as a hobbyist. There's professionals in it that you know manufacture commercially, but there's everything from that to people that just like to watch fireworks, or people that just like to shoot consumer fireworks. It's a it's, it's a all huge on that? club. Wow! And yeah, I mean, there's I don't want to give the wrong number, but it's thirty thousand plus members. It's a it's mm. a very large club. That is cool. Well, I'll put a, a link in the description of the show for yeah. that. For sure. That, that club is a they do a, a one big event every year, and they call it their uh, you know the PGI is what we what it stands for. Yeah, it's a, you know, the name of it, but they call it the PGI. Where do they hold they, that normally? Is it all they're over? Normally out west. Okay. Normally. So, um, Iowa, uh, Wisconsin. But locally here in Florida, we have uh, another club. We've been a club since 1991. It's called the Florida Pyrotechnic Arts Guild. and um, That's a long one. Yes. <laughs> FP, it's called FPAG is what we oh, call okay. it, or FPAG, but Florida Pyrotechnic Arts Guild. And uh, it's, a, it's a neat club. It's a small club. Um, some of the best builders in the world are members oh, of the cool. club. Cool. Um, we do two events every year. Uh, one we call our 4F, which is our big one, which mm-hmm. is the Florida Fall Fireworks Festival. And uh, it, it hosts different places, South Florida, a lot of times where we do it. And then we also do a 2F, um, is, which is our Founders Festival. And so they're about six months apart. Are uh, they open it, to public? Like public? Um, they, You have to be a member to go. Okay. Um, but uh, membership is fairly inexpensive. Mm-hmm. There's everything from people that want to learn how to manufacture fireworks all the way to people that just like to buy consumer fireworks and shoot them or just people that just and love fireworks. And they want fireworks. to know the best well, ones or are whatever. They, are they like showing you how to make fireworks there? There is. There's clubs. Oh, wow. Yeah, once you, uh, you know, you, you can join these organizations and then under their license, you can learn how to manufacture fireworks as a hobby. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So I'll put a link to that one as well. Yeah. yeah. I just, I have a question because I thought you got some kind of award or something before. That was you? actually with that club. I, I uh, yeah, years ago I won the Pyrotechnics Master. So it was a, it was a pretty, pretty, pretty cool. big achievement. They don't wow. give that one out every year. You have to compete in a bunch of different categories. And How uh, come that's not out here on your dining room table? It's actually, that award is like having a, a, a wrestling belt. It changes to the person, whoever wins it that year. So you hold oh. the title. Oh, so and you got to give it up. It. That's correct. Wow. It's like the, well, you um, can see I have a lot of little trophies over it's there. It's like Those the are, Miss oh, yeah, America crown. But, but yeah, that, that like one the is the, the one that you just <laughs> have, to, you have to give it up, unfortunately. <laughs> right. I oh, held man. it for a few years, but nobody... Yeah, it's, as long it's as actually you have a picture of yourself with yeah. it. That's all that matters. Wow, that's, that's cool. All, that all right, very cool. I actually learned a lot today. So did I. And I'm, can I be honest for a minute? But really so a lot. I, I've always been super proud of the fact that you do this, but I, I've never been like super interested in fireworks like you are. We've all got our thing. That was really interesting. There's a lot of stuff about oh it I didn't gosh. know. I didn't realize how much of hey, a creative look, process it is. Your brother does more than just blow crap up, okay? Well, I know that. I always <laughs> talk about how smart he is, but I just... Um, he does. I, I, I just... That, that's cool because of all the stuff I knew from you doing it, I didn't realize, first of all, how creative you can get, but yeah. also how many different angles that you have to approach with this. So it's uh, that was very educational. And we're going to pass on some of that information yeah. just by having this interview and this little talk. But I'm also going to post a link in the description of the show for the Florida Pyrotechnics Arcs Guild for people that want to go join or check it out, as well as the PGI Org Fireworks Club. Yep. So, Jeremy, yeah. thanks for sitting down with us. Yes. Yeah. That, was that was great. That was awesome. Yeah, everybody be safe out there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Look, we have all high don't, five with all five yeah, fingers. Yeah, Keep yeah, them that way. That's right. Uh, I pride hey, myself on don't, that. And don't mix alcohol with fireworks. They don't that's go correct. well together. That's correct. <laughs> it, it's, it's neat that you mentioned that, actually. And we, when we were younger, we always did Fourth of July shows, even, you know, like backyard shows. Yeah. And always i mean even even to this day if i shoot a fourth of july backyard show everybody's out oh, have a beer i wait until we're done that's super I really smart do. I, I do not drink i don't mix it with it yeah. so it's yeah. um yeah it's definitely it's, i mean that's how you keep people from getting hurt yep it is <laughs> and, and you know the thing is like 
it's it's a started as a hobby for me. Yeah. yeah. So I'm still very passionate about it as a hobby, but it's also what I do for a living. So it's very important that you make sure that those two mesh together. Yeah. That's and what that you don't say. ruin what you do for your, your career with the hobby, <laughs> yeah. especially with a couple of beers. You yeah. Know? And exactly. God forbid something so, happened at the house and that affects exactly. your livelihood. So right. I guess the, the point to get from that is if you're going to be enjoying some beers this fourth and sit back and let the professionals take care of the fireworks. There you go. And we're going to wrap on that, guys. We'll be back after our break with our information station, or as Angie says it, choo-choo, the information station. All right. We'll be right back. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome back. We hope that you enjoyed that interview with Mr. Jeremy Fox. We know we did. Yes, indeed. Very interesting learning all that stuff about him. It really is. You I mean, knew more I, than I do. I, I, I'm not just saying that because he's my brother, but he's a really smart guy, really nice guy. And, uh, and it's cool to hear about all the stuff he's into and kind of the way all that stuff works. Yeah. You know, that's an exciting career. So it is time for the information station. Yes, it is. So we we both picked things to focus on because it is 4th of July week. Yep. It's Independence Day. That's right. And, okay, I'm going to admit this. I don't like history. I don't, I never have. I mean, I'm starting to get a little more interested when yep. I, you know, learn something. So I that, don't want to take a deep dive, but I that, don't even know. I don't know when, like, our Independence Day was. Hate me if you want to. Well, I, I mean, I, whatever. Can I tell you, though, that, you know, some people get really irritated by that. I think it's very brave to admit that because there's so many people that, that you, when you know them as a friend, there's so many supposedly important historical things about our country and just the world that they don't know. They don't know geography. They don't know where something is. And I'm the same way with stuff yeah. sometimes. So I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, as an adult saying, I don't really know, I maybe I should, but now I feel like I want to learn about it. I mean, otherwise you could just stay in the dark forever and be afraid to kind of tell somebody yeah. you didn't know. I, I mean, yeah, I think it's important. I, It is important to, I guess, know that stuff. But I think when it comes to like dates of wars and stuff like that, yeah. I, I feel like it's kind of like... I don't know. It's kind of depressing yeah. to me, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's just my own personal belief, sure, sure. you know? And, of course. You know, I'm not like, you know, opposed to knowing it, but it's just not something that I've, you know, got stuck in your sat head. Sat there and gone, oh, 1772, when it, right. whatever. I and, don't and, even know. I'm and just kind of guessing. And I can't <laughs> necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily know the year right offhand. I knew it's 1770 something, but it's 1776. I know that because I recently refreshed myself before we did this show. Okay, okay. But the interesting thing about the 4th of July, and a lot of people probably don't even know what it, what it is, but the 4th of July is obviously. Our, our Independence Day, when we celebrate ourselves becoming independent, for, and I say ourselves, but it's really those 13 colonies that were at war with Great Britain, and the 4th of July is the, It. what's funny is it's not really the day we actually became independent, that's the 2nd of July. But the really? 4th of, yeah, but the 4th of July is the day that Congress officially issued the Declaration of Independence. Okay, okay. So, so it's when it's tying in now, right? So when things sort of became, you know, officially announced, it took them two days to to you know announce the Declaration of Independence. But that's what the Fourth of July is celebrating. That these thirteen colonies were no longer part of Great Britain; they were now completely independent states. And so, cool. That's where it all started. Now, if you're like me, you're probably thinking. What the heck does it got to do with fireworks? I do. And that's actually why I looked up some information on fireworks. What did you find out? Well, the first thing I wondered is why 4th of July? Like, why why is it like such a big deal on 4th of July? Right. And um, what I found out was that John Adams actually encouraged, in a letter that he wrote to his wife, he encouraged the display of this should be a big deal. Like yeah, this day there should be parades. There should be the sky should light up. Yep. And he, I think he encouraged like gunfire and oh yeah, all kinds of uh, explosion or maybe it was a bonfires. It was gunfire and bonfires was two of them. 
Yeah. yeah. So, he, so he was the one that was kind of encouraging this like big festival almost. Right. But, you know, where did they get? Where did fireworks actually come from? Yeah. You know, I think um, you did a little research on that too, didn't I you? I did, yeah. I could tell. That's good though. I like it because it, you probably don't have exactly the same information I do and it probably all merges together. Okay. So, what research did you find out about where fireworks Began first originated 2,000 years ago in China. Yeah, that's what I found out. During the Han Dynasty in 200 BC? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And did you do you know about the bamboo stalks? Yes. So they used to um, throw the bamboo stalks in the fire that's and they right. would crack and pop. That's right. And um, they believed that that helped to ward off evil spirits. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that part. So that's why they did it. And then um, in like 600 to 900 AD, they figured out that to put, they made like a concoction of, you know, powder, phosphorus and stuff like that. And the first kind of gunpowder was made. Gunpowder was born, yeah. And so they started pouring it into a hollowed out bamboo piece. And that was like the first man-made fireworks. You know, the Chinese are really responsible for a lot of cool stuff. I do agree. I totally agree. I mean, they've really just, they've invented Invented some some cool cool stuff. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I totally agree. Um, What's interesting to me, and it's funny because I tend to go for the, um, like you learned about the spirit thing. And I was thinking of the science behind why those, before the gunpowder was poured into the stalk or the, the precursor to gunpowder was poured into the hollow stalk. Just the hollow stalks would sort of explode. Yeah. Not, not in a way that's like gunpowder explosion, but almost like uh, the way I was reading it, it kind of made made me think of like um, if you ever put like a golf ball in the fire, rubber bands start popping and it it's not exploding, but it's making noise and moving. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what's funny is they call that bazoo. If I'm pronouncing this, that's the Mandarin word for firecracker, which literally translates to exploding bamboo. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, so thus the the term firecracker. Yeah. Yeah. So then I, I, because I was like, okay, so how did they make their way all the way across the continent or the continent, (laughs) the world (laughs) to the other side of the world? But it talks about in um, the 13th century how, um, they became popular in Europe, and the Italians were actually the first to manufacture them. Yep. And that in Europe, they were widely used for religious festivals and entertainment. Right. So, and, and usually by the wealthier. Sure. You know, to mark political events or things like that. So, that's how they came to Europe. That's also how they started becoming a more common representation of celebration. Yes, yes. And then they were actually, of course, we know people that settled here from Europe. So guess what they brought with them? Gunpowder. Yeah, and, you know, the idea of fireworks. Yeah. Having fireworks on special occasions, religious events, you know, the marking of a special day. Hence, John Adams encouraging a display up in the sky of these. And the rocket red. Oh, you know what I can think of when you do that? <laughs> I don't know. All I can think of is Aunt Bethany. <laughs> Aunt Bethany. Aunt Bethany in Christmas Vacation when the when the <laughs> Santa Claus explodes in the methane <laughs> gas she and she starts singing that. <laughs> oh, oh boy! I'm but sure everybody loved my singing voice. No, I did. But that's interesting <laughs> because that that not just how fireworks became part of the Fourth of July, but how they became part of celebration, and it's those kinds of traditions. And that's almost a global transition, or that's almost a global tradition, basically. And it's among all the changes that we go through with all of our technology, things like fireworks stay around that's like that's yeah. still a, a representation of celebration and it's not just fourth of july it's every kind of big celebration mm-hmm. especially the fourth of july of course yeah we hear fireworks every night because we're not that far from disney yeah and so if we're standing outside we can even see them in some oh, yeah some places where we drive right around here right kind of kind of be up a little more and have like a you know 
uh, without any like big, a hill. huge trees or anything, but we can actually see them. We can. And uh, yeah, that's probably interesting for those of you that are not in Florida. But uh, when I used to take the kids all the time, driving back to our house, there are some interstates that are relatively new and they're kind of out in the middle of nowhere. And so driving back on uh, what we refer to as the 429, you can see nothing but black as far as you can see. And then all of a sudden the fireworks just start coming out of nowhere when you drive. So it's like a free display if you just pulled over right there. But yeah, that's true. You can't see them. That's cool. So I will put links in the show notes around a little more information of the sort of history of fireworks. If that interests you, the history of how we came to celebrate with the 4th of July, a little bit of history around the Declaration of Independence, which I found was somewhat interesting. You know, these are the things I really just I'm going to be like Angie and sort of spill it here. But I wasn't that interested in this stuff when I was in school. I never was. And I hate to admit it. But like when we went to the Hall of Presidents, um, not the Hall of Presidents, we went to Epcot and we went to the USA and we went to the American um, Dream or whatever that animatronic show was, I really enjoyed it. And that's the kind of thing as a kid I would have slipped into a coma. So sometimes the things that you're taught in school, I almost feel like are a little too soon. You know, you got a lot of other things on your mind, social life, girls, boys, whatever whatever you're doing. It's funny how you'll find yourself watching a documentary at home that you you could have been exactly the same one they tried to get you to watch in school when you're falling yeah. asleep at your desk or passing notes or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, you're using your free time to do it. You know what I am guilty of, which I A should get better. Murder? No. no. I'm guilty of being more interested in the culture or history of other places than here. And I feel like that's probably normal because maybe – in high school and stuff, they're trying to push it, you know? Yeah, sure. Plus, you you know so much about the culture here. There's Yeah. It, 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 it's not as mysterious. It yeah. It's yeah. kind of like things that go on in other places are more interesting to me. Well, that's the, that's there's the beauty a lot of, of interest, interesting things here and a sure. lot of history that is interesting that other, you know, people in other places are learning about. So. Yeah. I think, you know, watching some documentaries and, and stuff like that. Well, that's the but beauty of living in- I don't love the in, ones about war and stuff. Oh, it I just, don't either. It bums me out. Well, that's the beauty of living in Florida, though. Living in Florida, we have so many um, people that move here from other areas of the U.S., from other countries, mm-hmm. that we get a lot of mixed culture here that, yeah. they don't, that you don't get everywhere else in the yeah. U.S. And so, yeah, Florida especially. It's really, we have a good little melting pot here. We do. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's pretty much all the uh, history I had pulled together. Yeah, I just wanted to, I wanted to for for a Fourth of July special. Um, I wanted to make sure that we talked about what's the Fourth of July all about. What's the fireworks about? You're right on the same page with me there. Yeah. So I think yeah. it's a good because that's what you come on really when you think of Fourth of July, what are people thinking about? The fireworks. Right. I do have a question. I think really though. nobody's thinking about the history of it. We're thinking about the fireworks. <laughs> I love I love the celebrations. I love the fireworks. I think all of that is super cool. But if besides people like Jeremy that they're doing this for a living, I've always said this and it makes everybody laugh, but you ever notice that people are recording the fireworks? <laughs> You've heard me say this. Yes. Who think about this, the listeners, you guys out there, listen. That how many times have you said Hey, kids, let's go back and watch the recording of the fireworks from last year. Nobody Besides your brother. (laughs) Nobody does that. It's just one of those things that you have to experience live. It's no fun to watch. Yeah, and there's a lot of things like that that you take pictures of, and it's like a beautiful sunset or something. It's just not the same. Remember, we were driving home down the 429 one night, and and you were trying to take a picture of that beautiful sunset, and I'm like, just... Look at it. Well, so because let me let me retract a little. A good picture of fireworks is awesome, but I'm talking about video. Oh, People video, record video. videos. Yeah. Of, it'd be like recording a video of a sunset. It's one of those things <laughs> yeah. where you're just like, no. Nah, we, we really, we're not going to sit down and watch that No one's ever going to watch that. And, and that reminds me of when my son Jacob was born. I would record him in like the <laughs> swing and sleeping and I love him to death, but I could never watch. Those are the other examples of He's things. He's doing you're, nothing different. You're, you're never going to watch. <laughs> There's certain things you're just not going to watch on video recorded. Yeah, so, true. so I guess I'm going to tie this back in to say when you're out there having your 4th of, Ju- 4th of July celebrations, just enjoy the moment. Enjoy the fireworks live. Put your phone away. Yeah. For once. Don't watch them through your phone. And just, yeah, watch them up in the sky. Don't watch them in your phone. And this is coming from a techie guy. This really is. Wow. Yeah. 
Wow. I don't watch everything through the phone. Yeah. But you take a lot of pictures. Yeah, that's because I can't remember anything. <laughs> so when I'm old, I want to be able to look at stuff and go, oh, those are my kids. <laughs> Oh, there they are. <laughs> All right. I think that's going to wrap us up. But before yeah. we go, I wanted to give a couple shout outs. We haven't done that in a while, but I want to give a shout out to MG Unger. He is in the final stage of editing his test print of his upcoming novel, Divided and Enhanced 2124. Yeah. Um, I talked to him today and he's, uh, you know, tagging little things he wants to make little changes to, but he's got a print copy of his book. It's a very exciting time. So... Stay tuned because we are going to be helping to announce his book launch date. But uh, yeah. congrats to MG on that. That's pretty cool. It really is. Yeah. And also, you know, whoa, that was loud. Um, keep an eye on the social media all throughout this month to learn more about the Golden Warrior Festival. Indeed. And how we're going to be helping to raise awareness and hopefully some proceeds towards that. Yep. And don't forget, we want to hear from you, even if it's just to say Hi. Give us a shout, 407-490-3899, or email us, or email us, <laughs> feedback at findingdangie.com, or check out any of our social media. Fine, we yeah. want to know what you're up to, or what you want us to be up to. How That's about right. that? That's great. And all of our social media is fine and dangy. Later on this year, we're going to have a month all about teachers. We're going to have a month all about local businesses. We are excited for a lot of the stuff that we've got going, and we're going to be doing some more work with some local charities as well, and we'll give some more information as we get closer to that. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited for October, because October is Halloween and Hops month, y'all. That's right. Halloween and Hops. It's going to be fun. So Angie and I always go to the Hard Rock Hotel's Halloween party. We're going to be talking a little bit more about that as we get closer. We go all out. We'll post some pictures on Fine and Angie of our previous costumes that we make from scratch. Yes, and we do. by did. we, I mean Angie does 80, 80% <laughs> of it, but I do my makeup and stuff. So do. I've done mm -hmm. some spray painting. Hey, if you have any ideas for that, send them our way. Oh, we would love ideas for that. I'll tell you what we have done. We've done Jack and Sally. We've done Beetlejuice and Lydia. We've done Colonial Ghosts. And we've done Hook and Tinkerbell. Yes, so we did. And we won first place with that one. We really Two did. nights stay to the that, Hard Rock Hotel. That's the only time we've ever entered the contest because we always show up too late. So from now on, we're yeah. going to try to get there we've early. We've learned you ha we have to stay at the hotel to make it in time because you have to be down in the lobby like walking around yep. early so they can start casting their votes. That's so. true. It is so fun though. So we also encourage you to go. If you've yeah. never been to the, it's called Velvet Sessions and they do it every month, but the Halloween one's the only one it's we go to. It is so fun. Uh, it's hard to describe, but the, they usually have a usually an older band in there, but mm -hmm. it's been like Brett Michaels or whoever. But but everyone's just in a really good mood. It's a great time. It's a very classy. Adults only. Yep. It's a very classy uh, place. And uh, yeah. A be, lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. It'd be cool to see you guys out there too. Yeah, that would be awesome. So that wraps for now. It does. It, it wraps us up. It does. And we're going to enjoy our vacation next week. Indeed we are. And hopefully you will see us on FaceTime Live. Or Facebook Live, yep. What is it called? Facebook Live. Okay, Facebook Live. And depending on how busy we are, I, I just didn't want to make a commitment here, but I'm we may do record a very short show and just kind of pop in and say hi. It's not going to be edited and cleaned up like it is here. You might yeah. hear background noise. We might even do it from the beach. So. Oh, that would be real fun. Right. That would be real fun. And guess what we will be doing? We'll be doing it. While we're drinking rum runners. That is going to happen. That is the rule. That is the rule. So <laughs> it's going to get right. a little silly. All right. Well, that was great. That, that was, was great. So just remember, at the end of the day, it's, it's all, all fine and dangy. That's okay. okay. We're going to cut what you, what you, what you will get here is I'd like to get from front front. <laughs> Yes, we'll you talk ever, you ever for have a, have a, have a, have a we'll, dream. I feel like that that <laughs> that you could that you could that, that you could. <laughs> Don't watch it right now. No, I can't. I love it. Oh, yeah. All right, so ready? It's over.